We are in a series that we have been in for a few weeks, and uh, we've got one more week after this, and then it's Easter. And so uh, the 23rd Psalm is where we're at, and hopefully you spent at least, our last week's challenge was to spend at least 30 minutes this week with the 23rd Psalm and God and allow God to speak to you. And I hope he, he did. I know he would if you made the time to do that. If you, didn't, if you forgot about that, you're like, oh my gosh, I've, I forgot. Uh, then this week, even today, uh, take 30 minutes and spend it with the 23rd Psalm and let the Lord speak to you. Our author is David, uh, who was one of eight boys, the youngest of which, and uh, he was a shepherd at one point in his life as a young man, and then his destiny changed when, as a shepherd boy, he went out and killed a giant. Anybody remember that story? It's, it's pretty famous. So um, he, he killed a giant, and his life was never the same after that. Uh, his brothers made fun of him. Oh, you're just bringing lunch. Go back to those little sheep that you take care of and whatever. And he said, no, somebody needs to take care of this problem today. Somebody needs to take care of this giant because he's blaspheming against our God. And I can't believe nobody's done something already. And so he went out there, killed the giant, got famous, wound up becoming the king of his country, uh, of the nation of Israel. But... Uh, just like your life, perhaps, it wasn't without some bumps. It wasn't without some issues and family issues. And David had his share. And one of the most uh, heart-wrenching times in David's life was when his own son attempted to take the kingdom away from his father, away from David. And David was on the run for his life. And in that time, he reflected upon his time as a shepherd and penned and wrote the 23rd Psalm. And we are the beneficiaries of these inspired words from the Holy Spirit, right? Uh, that he has spoken to us. So let's stand to our feet as we have been over the last several weeks because we're going to know this psalm by next Sunday, all right? The 23rd Psalm from the New International Version. Let's read it together. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his namesake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. You may be seated. 
All right, again, the main focus and thought of this psalm is you have a shepherd. And if you didn't know it before you walked in here today or before you tuned in today, I want you to know that the God of the universe that made the heavens and the earth, that made man and woman, that made all of creation, I want you to know that he wants to have a personal relationship with you. And if you don't have a personal relationship with him, then I trust that today you will come to know that God who is and wants to be your shepherd. But today we're going to do some table talk, all right? Uh, David starts talking about a table, and uh, we'll define that in a moment, but how many know that the table has to get prepared, right? If you're going to eat, somebody's got to prep the table, and depending on the dinner uh, is what it calls for. How many have some paper plate dinners, and uh, then you have some everyday dishes dinners, and then you have a grandma's china dinner, about once a year or something like that, because everything has to be hand-washed, and who wants to do that anyway, right? And so uh, you, you have the preparation that has to get done. And David starts talking here in this verse where we left off last week about a table. Let's take a look at it again. He, in verse 5, he says, you, and again, he's using the personal pronoun now for the last part of these words, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil and my cup overflows. First thing that we need to understand, and I want to give you three things from this verse today In studying this verse and breaking it down phrase by phrase, there are three components that David speaks of in this verse. The first one that we need to understand is understanding the table. David said, you prepare a table. Now from Babs, all right, this is Babs, if you've not met Babs as yet, Um, From Bab's point of view, the table is a plateau. It, It is a flat ground area where the sheep would travel to Uh, in the summer months to spend that season, maybe up into early parts of fall in the plateau regions of Israel. And what I want you to know is God's taking us on a journey. Uh, this psalm is approximately a one-year life, uh, one year in the life of Babs, all right? It, it's like one-year experience. And what we learned last week is that sometimes part of the journey, we have to go through the valley. And, and then there's other times like today where we wind up on the plateau or a table land that the shepherd has prepared. 
And so the shepherd would do this because, again, we learned this a few weeks ago, if left to themselves, the sheep will eat up all the grass where they are. They'll eat it clear down to the dirt. They've been known in cases to, to scrape the dirt and eat clear down into the root. And how many know you can't grow good grass in your yard if you have bad roots, right? You just can't do that. And so the sheep left to themselves will, will do that. And so the shepherd loves the sheep and, and wants to have the best pasture for them at all times, the best possible eating that they can possibly enjoy. And so he will look around and as summer is approaching, he'll look for a flat surface, a tableland that would be suitable for the sheep. And he'll go ahead of them, someone left behind to keep them, and, and, and he will go ahead of them and he will look over that table and he will prepare it for the sheep. Now, how he will prepare that plateau is he'll look to see, are there any poisonous weeds around here? Because poisonous weeds were a very real danger to the sheep because the sheep don't know the difference. The sheep don't know the difference between eating grass and eating poisonous weeds. And so they'll eat one or the other. And so the shepherd will go and he'll clear the area so that there's no poisonous weeds there. He'll make sure that there's a good water source because we learned this several weeks ago. Sheep love to drink water, all right? Lots of water, up to five gallons of water in a day. And so he, he's got to look and see, is that there? Do I need to dig a well? How do I need to prepare the table for the sheep? Because I love them and I care for them and I'm going before them to see about this. He'll also look around and see, are there any predators or are there signs of predators? So the psalmist said, he goes before me. And I want you to notice that. That's, that's a big word. He goes before me to prepare this table. And I want you to know that the Lord goes before you today. He wants to lead you, guide you, and direct you on your journey. Your journey doesn't have to be random. It doesn't have to be like a pinball lifestyle of, you know, I just bounce off one thing to the next thing. No. Our God has purpose for your life. And, and he wants to lead you on purpose, for a purpose, to a purpose that he has for you. And, and so if you'll let him today, he will guide, it's not random. He says he makes a way ahead of time for me. And I just want somebody to know he's already working on your next season. Just like summer, he, he would prepare for the sheep. Summer's coming here. I want you to know God's got your summer already prepared. God already knows who you need to meet. 
and maybe who you don't need to meet. God knows who you need to get connected with and who you need to disconnect from. God knows where you need to apply for a job and where you don't. Are you hearing, is this mic on today? (laughs) I mean, God goes before us. How many have ever in your lifetime known that God went before me? It wasn't me and my skill and my successful background and whatever that got me this job. It's in spite of all of that sometimes. God opened a door that only God could open in my life. God's able to do stuff like that. I mean, marriage, finances, job, whatever it is, he goes before us to prepare a way. And then he says, he does this in the presence of my enemies. Now, sheep had a lot of enemies because we said right at that onset, anything against a sheep, anything wins pretty much. Because the sheep just don't have much to be able to do to fight off the enemy. And so the shepherd knows that. And he loves the sheep. So he takes into consideration that the enemy could be there. And we learned this last week. Then then he'll take care of our enemies. You know, when David killed Goliath, he had confidence in who God was. He said, this this giant is defying not me, not our King Saul, not our, our flag or our people, our patriotism or whatever. He's not denying, he's not coming against any of that. He is coming against the name that is above every name. And you just don't do that. And God will defend his name. And so he believed that God would give him victory over his enemies. But here's one of the things that that we said sheep get in trouble with is they venture off on their own. They get away from the pack. They get away from the flock. And and when they get isolated, listen, uh, distance leads to defeat. Distance leads to defeat. When you separate yourself from church, hello? When you separate yourself from worship, when you separate yourself, and and I'm not saying if you go to church all the time, then everything turns out great or whatever, but I'm saying when you miss all the time, you're missing something in your life. When you're not reading the word, when you're not spending time with God, then then all of a sudden something starts to happen. The enemy has a foothold. And we have a real enemy. Just like sheep have real enemies, I want you to know you have a real enemy. And here's who the Bible says the enemy is. 1 Peter 5.8 Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, everybody say your enemy. Your enemy, who is he? The devil. 
prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Oh, I wonder who he's looking for today. Probably somebody who's not reading their Bible. Somebody who's not praying. Somebody who's in isolation. Somebody who's ventured on. Oh, they're by themselves. Oh, they'll be easier to take because they don't know the Bible. They, they don't know scripture. They, they, can't, they don't have the sword of the spirit to be able to attack back. I'm not talking about a fantasy. I'm not talking about a dream. I'm talking about a real enemy. The Bible, your, your Bible says he's a real enemy and he's opposed to you. But here's what I want you to know. He's not as powerful as God. Okay. So uh, when, when you want to understand the enemy, and I, I can't spend a whole lot of time here, but I, I'll just put it this way. Uh, you know how you have light and dark and you have good and evil and you have up and down, and you have all these opposites, I want you to know that God and the devil are not opposites, okay? So they're not equal. So what you have is God, who is the creator of the universe. He is the creator of the ever-expanding universe. Get your head around this for just a second as much as you can. That, that he is this incredible power, this person of power that, that, that is beyond description, beyond what you can even possibly fathom. There's no way in our finite minds that we can understand an infinite God. We can't do it. But, but here's the thing, is the devil, his real power, I'll tell you what it is. It's deception. See, you don't have to be real powerful if you can just make people believe you are powerful. If you, can just, if you just convince people to do stupid things. How many have ever been convinced? You, you know, there's, there, there's a real devil, you know, because deception, it started that way. If you read the beginning of this book, it started with a deception. And, and so what he does, he can only do so much. He's not all powerful. He's not all present. God is bigger than the enemy. And, and some of us, we, we allow the devil too much room in our lives. We give him too much room, too much credit sometimes. And so what we need to do is understand that if we'll let God in, if we'll let God's power in, if we'll stay close to the shepherd, right? We learned this the other week. If, if, if Babs will stay close to the shepherd, he doesn't have to worry about the enemy. The shepherd is going to worry about the enemy. 
right? Are you getting this? So today, you know, instead of you worrying, fretting, oh, my family, I don't know what my kids, my, oh, my parents, I don't know what's going to happen with them. I think they're going to, you know, they're having trouble and whatever, oh, financial stress. Oh, we got this going on. We got that going on. I'm not sure what the doctor's going to come up with and whatever. Listen, when you have a shepherd, he's taking care of that. It's his responsibility to watch after the sheep. And so that's exactly what David's talking about here. He says there's an enemy out there and what you've got to do is you've got to stay close to the shepherd because when you don't, here's what you start telling yourself. And the devil will help you tell yourself this. You know, I'm just out here alone in this world. Nobody gets me. Nobody fully understands me. They don't get what I'm going through. Nobody can see the, the stress I'm under. You know, and I, I don't think people really care. I don't think, I, I, you know, there's people that say hi and how you doing in my life, but I don't think people care. People don't care about me. They don't care about my situation. They don't, they, don't, they don't care what happens tomorrow. Have you ever heard that voice? And what happens when you hear that voice is you think, I'm all alone. I've got to fight this myself. I've got to do this on my own. I've got to do this in my own strength. And sometimes that's just a little too overwhelming, right? Anybody? You felt overwhelmed before? But here's what the problem was. You were taking on too much responsibility that was supposed to be on the shepherd. You ever been guilty of that one? And so today, here's what I want to encourage you to do. Don't get isolated. Isolation leads to intimidation. And, and so the enemy, if he can get you isolated, he can intimidate you. And, and so what I'm going to encourage you today, if you're not in a life group, get in a life group. Get with some other people who will pray with you and pray for you, who will get to know you and get to know your situation and be able to give the care to you that, that you're longing for, that you hope for, that you wish for. And, and so today, don't leave here without allowing yourself to get connected into a life group. And then the other thing is you need to be connected into the dream team. Serving, not just for serving's sake. You know one of, you know one of the best kept secrets and the best bonuses of being a part of the dream team, of our dream team? It is connection. You ask people who serve. It's fun because I get to hang out with people. You know, I get to hang out with these other people. You know, if you're part of the, the CSM, our student ministry team, you're, you're, part of it's just hanging with the team, right? Sure, the teenagers are there too. 
you know? But the team, you know, it's just fun hanging out with the team. It's the same thing with kids' ministry. You go back and you share with kids' ministry and you're, you're working with the kids and teaching them about Jesus, but it's also the camaraderie of the team that's around you. Hello? And, and so I want that for you. So, so don't let the enemy isolate you. Here's the second thing that we see in this passage is, that we need to understand is understanding the anointing. Understanding the anointing, because here's what he says next. You anoint my head with oil. You anoint my head with oil. And that word anoint in the Hebrew is mashak. Okay, everybody say that together. Mashak. Say it out loud. Mashak. Okay, and, and it carries with it. There's different ways that this can be interpreted, but, but the way it's spoken of in the 23rd Psalm carries with it the idea of pouring oil, pouring anointing. And what is he talking about when he's saying pour oil? What, what would that have to do with sheep? Well, summertime, again, they're on the plateau in the summertime. Summertime is Fly time. How many know that? Right? You're already thinking, oh man, you know, the flies and everything will be coming back and whatever, coming alive. And so summertime is fly time. Now, my wife and I, isn't that called alfresco? Somebody, some of you uh, sophisticated people, help me out here. Uh, where are my sophisticated people at? Are they in the second service or what? Is that alfresco? Is that how you call it? To eat outside, right? I, I think that's what they call it. And, and so to eat outdoors, and we love eating outdoors, but I'm telling you, we don't like the tiny enemies. You know, the sheep has some big enemies like lions and bears and mountain lions and things like that. But, but the sheep has some tiny, teeny tiny enemies too that want to come and mess with the sheep. So even on the tableland, even on the plateau, even where you think, oh, good. I'm in a good place right now. I feel like I'm in a good, have you ever said that to somebody? I feel like I'm in a good place right now. And then some fly comes along, right? Some fly, some nasal fly for the sheep. And, and the goal of that nasal fly is he wants to fly right up the nose of that sheep. And, and plant eggs in there. And, and the eggs will hatch and they'll be larvae and, and then they'll crawl up into the sheep's brain. So, oh, you go to movies that are way worse than that. Don't give me that. And crawl up in there. And here's what the sheep does. The sheep's just like, get away from me. Come on, get out of there, get out of there, get out of there. And, and the sheep just starts having a fit. You ever seen people have a fit? 
You're like, what? What is the problem? It's not a big problem, but they're acting like it's a big problem. And and so so he he's running around. He'll run in the thicket and get stuck. He'll he'll do he'll ram his head into a rock. He'll do all kinds of things to try to avoid the torture of what he's experiencing from just a small problem. And that's where the shepherd comes in because the shepherd always has oil. And the shepherd takes the oil and says, come here, Babs, and pours that over his head and makes sure that it's coated his nose because what will happen is he puts a little bit of herbs in the oil too that repel the flies. They don't like the smell. They don't like that. So I'm gonna go somewhere where that smell is not. And so they'll go somewhere else. And, and then the other thing is, is it suffocates the flies. It keeps them from being able to do their planting in the nasal cavities and, and keeps them from being able to drive the sheep crazy. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't like flies. We, we've been on some missions trips down to the Dominican Republic before. And these wonderful people will bring out this food and you bring out food in the Dominican the hood or whatever of the Dominican Republic and you will have you some flies, all right? It's like, where in the world? How did all these flies come? And, and so what we would do, and I think we've got a picture of the kids eating at the table. Uh, we, we would have, you can't see them in this photo, but there are fans over that area. And the fans would blow and, and as long as you're eating around the fans, the flies would stay away. And, and you could sit and enjoy your lunch. And, and here's what God wants to do. God knows that there's some little things that start messing with your life. And by the way, any bad habit, pretty much, doesn't it just start out with a little thing? You know, like going a little bit late to work. Next thing you know, you're always late to work. You know, uh, spent, you know, $5 too much out of budget this week. But, you know, the world didn't cave in. And so next week, it's $10. You see where that's going? You know, I, I, a person flirted with me today at work, and I just kind of, smiled back. No big deal, right? No big problem. But some of us see where it's going. Because it can start with something small. And, and David says, God takes care of even the small things with his anointing. And then there's something bigger and something worse that can happen to Babs, and that is scab. And scab is a skin disease. 
that happens with the sheep. And often it starts in the head, which is bad because it's bad, right? All right, preacher humor, okay, just laugh, help me out, all right? Um, it, it's, what's bad about it is sheep love to rub heads. And, and so what happens is if one sheep in your flock gets scabbed, if you don't do something about it, it's going to spread. It's going everywhere. And the next thing you know, all the sheep are going to have it. So here's what he does. He anoints the sheep with oil. And if that is not enough, if it's spread, he has a tub. And he'll take that sheep and fill that tub with oil and he will dip the sheep in it. And, and listen, the sheep don't know what's going on. They're like, what are you doing? Are you trying to kill me? You trying to drown me? What, what is your deal? And, and see, sometimes you don't know what God's doing in your life. But he's protecting you. I want you to know the Bible says God is for us. And if God is for us, who can be against us? See, the, like I said, the scab and a lot of these problems start in the head. And in that, where a lot of your problems start? In your head? And where do we need the anointing? By the way, anytime oil is mentioned in the Bible, it symbolizes something. It symbolizes the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. Where do you need the anointing today? Where do you need the presence of God today? I would say all of us need it in our head. In a culture that's lost its mind, we need an anointing in our minds. Hello? I thought maybe there'd be a little more shouting right there, but all right. And so what we need to do is, is he's anointing. You don't always understand it, but what he's doing, he's saying, I want to keep you, Babs, from being bothered by these flies. That's why I'm doing this. That's why I'm dipping you. I, I don't want the scab to kill you. I love you. I care for you. I've got more for you. I am for you, not against you. And so that's what this anointing is for. It's for you. The Holy Spirit is for you. By the way, in May, we're going to start a five-week series on the Holy Spirit. I can't hardly wait for that series. But here's, here's one more reason he anoints, just real quick, is internal fighting. Can you imagine sheep fuss with each other? Now, this is not like people, right? I'm joking, right? Uh, and, and what happens is the rams, the males, a lot of times when, when horns begin to develop, then, then they'll get the idea, oh, let's just ram together and knock each other's brains out, you know? And, and so what will happen is the shepherd will look and here's one of his sheep attacking the other sheep. And so to help with that, he'll anoint the horns with oil. 
and they'll just slide right off each other. Just, just slide around. And finally, they just figure out, this isn't working, and I'm worn out. I'm gonna eat some grass. <laughs> and they give up. Here's the last thing in this verse, is understanding overflow. Look at what he says, my cup overflows. He's speaking of the nature and character of God. I want you to know you serve an overflow God. He doesn't give you almost what you need. He doesn't even just give you what you need. He is able to give far exceeding abundantly above all that you could ask or think according to his power. Look at this, check it out, Romans 15, 13. So I pray for you Gentiles that God who gives you hope will keep you happy and full of peace. Anyone want a couple of those things? As you believe in him, I pray that God will help you, what? Overflow with hope in him through the Holy Spirit's power within you. 1 Timothy 1.14, the grace of our Lord Jesus was poured out on me abundantly along with faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. God wants to do exceeding abundantly above all that you ask or think. God wants to do an overflow work in your life. I heard about this lady, an older woman, who was a woman of faith, and she was hungry, she was poor, she, she was on... Uh, you know, just a, a substance uh, of, of money to, to live each week. And, and, and she would go out on her porch and she would pray, oh God, you're able, you, you are able, you, you can bring food in for me, you are able, I declare who you are. And she would just praise the Lord. But next door to her was an atheist. And, and he would say, there is no God, shut up. And, and then you go back in his house. And, and every day she get out there and just, oh, thank you, Lord. You're going to provide today for me. I know you are. That's who you are. I declare. And every day he'd get out there and say, shut up. There is no God. Finally, he decided, I'm going to get a bunch of groceries and take them over there and put them on our porch. And he went over and put all these groceries on our porch and, and she came out and she says, oh, yes, he did it. He did it. I knew he could do it. He did it. And the atheist jumped out from behind the bush and he said, he didn't do it. I did it. I bought those groceries. There is no God. And she says, oh, thank you, Lord. You provided and you made the devil pay for it. <laughs> God wants to overflow in your life and he'll even make the devil pay for it. How many know he's able? He's able. So here's what he says in Luke eleven thirteen. We're gonna finish. He says, if you then who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more? Will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? I want you to know that God wants to pour 
his spirit out on you, on your mind, on your body, wherever you need healing today, you need mental healing, you need emotional healing, you got some flies swarming around you, just little problems that just mess with you and, and things. What, what is it in your life that's going on today? The good shepherd has oil. He has anointing. He has power that he wants to pour out on you today. Let's pray. Father, for those of us who maybe have allowed some things to swirl and swarm around us that have allowed problems to come into our life that don't have to be. For those of us who have drifted and we've gotten too far over, God, help us to get close today. Maybe you're here and you'd say, Craig, there's some things, there's some flies, there's some there's some stuff in my life. I, I just know God is able. Maybe you need healing. Maybe you need a miracle in your marriage. Maybe you need a miracle in your finances. Maybe you need God just to show up in power in your emotions. I don't know where it is today, but if you need God's anointing, a fresh and new touch from God in your life, will you just raise your hand all over this room today? Yeah, hands up. All right, online, just stretch your hand toward the screen right now. Heavenly Father, I pray for every person who needs a new and fresh anointing, who needs new power, a fresh touch from you. I thank you, Lord, that it's available, that you as the good shepherd, you have the oil, you have the anointing, you have what we need to be healed to be whole, to be well. Father, we thank you today and we receive it by faith. Maybe others of you, while we're praying, the Holy Spirit's doing something else in you right now. The Holy Spirit is doing something that the Bible says he draws us to God. He draws us to him. And maybe you didn't intend to become a Christ follower, Christian, or whatever today, you, you didn't intend to pray this next prayer that we're going to pray to receive Jesus into your life, but there's something going on right now. There's something happening in you right now. And what that is, is I believe the pull, the tender pull of the Holy Spirit of God, a God who loves you and cares for you. If you're here today and you say, Craig, I need God in my life. That's why God's pulling on me. That's why I'm feeling that tug today. Wherever you are, I want you in this room to just raise your hand right now if you want to surrender your life to the Lord Jesus. If you want God to come into your life today and online, just type the word decided in the chat, the word decided, and we'll start praying for you as well. But I want everyone to pray this next prayer with me so that those around you will pray it with boldness who are reaching out to God today. Let's pray it together. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for sending Jesus to die on the cross for me, to pay for my sin. I know I'm a sinner, 
but I want forgiveness. I want your mercy. So I ask you to come into my life and wash away my past. Free me of my guilt. As much as I know how, I surrender my life to you. Thank you for coming in and making me a child of God today. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, let's praise God for those in this room and online.